0: Love,
1: talk, radio. Hello and welcome, and this is Cindy Meyer, your host of the weekly Wake Up with Spirit Seeker Wisdom for Your Soul. And this show is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. We are in our 25th year of publishing. We started as a quarterly newsletter, then evolved into a six-time-a-year magazine in 1997, went digital in 1998, still with a print version in the Midwest. And then as time has gone by, we've expanded. The print uh, edition went west to Kansas City, north to Chicago, and then to the state of Florida, both coasts. And now during the COVID pandemic, we're primarily online, but we still do have a print presence in St. Louis and Chicago. You can always find us at www.spiritseeker.com. Now, the magical thing is this. If you sign up to be on our email newsletter, um, we have the weekly email newsletter that goes out, giving you information on mind, body, spirit events, you know, nationwide. And now many are digital, like you know, online webinars, seminars, etc. Since we've um, we're all in this pandemic. So, long story short, you can uh, hear lots of good things about people on the front lines doing fabulous things to enhance our mind, body, and spirit, giving us tips for stress, etc. And Today, we're going to be hearing um, from our guests on tuning into your psychic gifts. So we, we have lots of different things with the radio show, with the magazine, and then the email newsletter. Um, and then in addition, we have Spirit Seeker Academy. We will be adding more and more classes through this platform. Um, if you are interested in any of this, uh, and mainly just get on our email newsletter, um, then you'll hear about all of this and be eligible for free books, free DVDs, uh, musical CDs, et cetera. So we do all the drawings from our email subscriber list. So two ways to do it. You can go to spiritseeker.com and click on Join Our Email Newsletter, and then you are automatically on our list. Or you can send an email to me, uh, just to the general mailbox. I manage that, info at spiritseeker.com. And I will make sure that, if you, that you know, if you want to be on the list, we'll add you. And if you have any questions, I'll get you to the appropriate person. Our office number is six three six five three zero seven five seven nine. Okay, that's enough for all of those announcements. I am delighted um, to uh, introduce my guest today. His name is Vincent Jenna. He is uh, a psychotherapist, but he is like a he's a, he has a master's in social work. He'll tell you more about that if he chooses to. But basically, um, today we're going to uh, experience his "Tell It Like It Is." Um, He is a spiritual teacher and psychic who has worked in this arena for a very, very long time. He combines his extraordinary psychic abilities with his academic credentials and genuine, all-loving approach to provide healing for the mind, body, and spirit. As a psychic therapist, Vincent uses his more than 36 years of training, research, and experience in the metaphysical, psychology, and spiritual fields to dive deep into your psyche to release blockages, resistances. And self-sabotaging beliefs and behaviors, so you can fulfill the life of your dreams. It's it is possible. So, um, Vincent has thousands of followers around the world, and they have been inspired by his warmth. And um, he has spoken at numerous conferences. Um, of course, one of my favorites that I have uh, visited is the Edgar Casey Association for Research and Enlightenment in Virginia Beach. He's uh, spoken at the Institute of Noetic Sciences. And the International Association of Near Death Studios. So this is quite quite a thing. So I am going to bring Mr. Vincent on, and just one moment, Mike. Okay, Vincent, are you there?
0: I am here, Cindy, and thank you so much for inviting me, and I probably would have put one more very in there when you were describing how long I've been doing this, so a very, very, very long time, so that gets more close to my age than not.
1: (laughs) Oh, we don't talk about that. We're in spirit time. (laughs) That's absolutely
0: right. You're right.
1: Yeah, so tell us just. what's going on in your world and I, i know you're going to be talking about tuning in uh to your psychic gifts but just you start wherever you want and i will you know pop in of course and ask questions and then listeners if you have a question for vincent um just push one star on your uh on your phone and then that will alert me and since are we doing readings today i never asked you this or do you want to just mainly oh absolutely if somebody
0: wants to call in and that they have a question because that's what i like to do when i'm doing interviews and we have such a short time i'd like them to have a specific question rather than just saying oh tell me what spirit wants me to know i mean if you you want something specific just let me know and that way I can get you something really specific but um, and that's and that'll be great for anybody who calls in but we are in a time period right now that that people are are feeling this tremendous stress obviously obviously because of this pandemic and everything that's going on Uh, people have been been so worried and concerned and scared and panicking and stressed and Um, And if one is calm and there's ways of doing that, maybe people are uh, doing some constructive things during the day like meditation, yoga, exercise to help release some of that stress that they're feeling, which is most advisable. However, one of the things that I advise the most is to take advantage of making changes in your life at this point because what's coming to the surface more than anything, Cindy, are people's old issues – That's what's being pushed to the surface. And one of the reasons why I am teaching more psychic awareness or even teaching people how to be mediums is to get that inner guidance and to be able to make the changes they want to be able to make so that they can create the lives that they want. Um, And it is a time where we're in, um, we are in October now, aren't we, and we've got Halloween. Mm. Is that the timing that we've got coming up here for your show? Is Halloween we is coming do. up soon? Well, we do. Yeah, we and just, in the month yes. yes, and in the month of October, spirits are even closer to us than ever before. Our guides are even closer to us than ever before. Primarily because we invoke them during this month, which is which is so much fun, right? Um all <laughs> around the world yeah. there are harvest celebrations and at the same time. There are soul celebrations and spirit celebrations, and it's like, okay, so why would the two go together? Why would there be an All Hallows' Eve, which was a Christian holiday on um, Halloween, exactly, which is uh, the 31st, and Mexico has their celebration of of mourning and, and celebrating the dead And there is a reason for that, because this was around the world. Basically, any time during the fall season, especially over here in the United States, it's harvesting time, harvesting all of the summer crops and, and getting the fields ready to plant the winter crops, right? And so one of the superstitions was that that can be ruined for you if there's any type of negative spirit involvement, right? They can ruin the crops in the field, Uh, but there was always that superstition. They always prayed since the beginning of time and since we learned how to cultivate and horticulture uh, and plant crops and things like that, we had been praying to the gods to bring us good crops. Why? Because that was our food source, and if we didn't have a good crop season, that's it, there wasn't enough food to go around. So they did a lot of praying. Well, then once they began to realize that, hey, um, we're praying to, you know, God and and the Spirit, but what about those who have passed and who've died? Can't they come back and make things good for us? Or can they come back if they're mad at us and make things bad for us? So they started praying towards that. Now, the funny thing is in any religion – some way, somehow, they're going to be able to incorporate the understanding of ghosts and spirits, but they're going to do it in a religious way, right? So, therefore, um, in Christianity, there was the creation once hell was created, which, by the way, wasn't introduced into the Bible until the Middle Ages. It wasn't introduced in the very beginning. They introduced it in the Middle Ages, and, and that we can always get into. But then they wanted to also talk about, well, what about those who are stuck on the earth who aren't crossing over and getting into heaven? Well, there's a purgatory or a limbo that people can get stuck in. So they incorporated, if you sin, that's the reason why you would get stuck, and that's the reason why we have to pray for you. So, And, and so many religions have that understanding of this other place to be besides heaven or hell, the, the mid-place, not the earthly place, because that's while you're in a body. But once you leave your body, you're going to be either in heaven, or you're going to be hell, or you're going to be in this middle place. And they never wanted to say that that middle place was still here on earth, so they incorporated it into a, a, another dimension into their religion, which I find funny. But as people, we internally understand all of these things and of course then we create these norms and and these practices to bring that into everyday life so therefore you've got halloween therefore you have all of these celebrations um and and why it went towards having spooks on halloween which is an interesting thing because back in the old days it they didn't just do spooks. People dressed up maybe as clowns. The kids, they went from door to door during the harvesting, and they would say, give us a treat or we'll give you a trick, right? We'll play a prank on you. And so they, gave, they shared their apples. They shared their corn. They shared their bakery goods with all the, the, the citizens in their neighborhood and their um, community, right? And then the kids got more right. involved than the adults got involved. And so it was candy. And then we're going to hide the faces, hide the faces because um, that's what the spirits do. They don't have faces anymore. So they have masks. You're going to put a mask on. And so it was like skeletons. So it wasn't about it wasn't about spooking you out. It still was about honoring the dead that don't have bodies anymore. Then all of a sudden, ghosts started appearing and witches started appearing as costumes, as part of the Halloween celebration. Um, uh, Hocus Pocus is still one of the famous movies that's played over and over and over again with Bette Midler, right, uh, at this time of the year about three crazy witches. And that is because our understanding subconsciously and unconsciously about spirits stuck here. We wouldn't have created something just out of nowhere. We created it out of somewhere. So I find it really interesting that people who don't believe in ghosts don't understand how we even got led to the way we celebrate Halloween today and why they're spooks and why kids go to cemeteries on Halloween and, and try to scare each other, right? So it's, right. it's all about us and what we already understand, and it's all about knowing and finding ways to deal with that, and that's how these things evolve. And, um, I mean, I can go on forever about that, but that's, that's the type of stuff that I tap into only to be able to help people with their living, their life, their current life. Um, so so that 's the reason why i 've even gotten involved with it to start with, and I go far deeper than just explaining the understanding of Halloween and you know things like that but um, it 's very interesting how culture is formed and why it 's formed, and it 's about spiritual concepts
1: well, and you know it 's in all different um, cultures like the the Night of the dead and the um, you know the celebrations I was in um, where was I? What country? It was in Spain. And, and they had like a, a celebration for the dead. I mean, the whole city is like out with these floats and everything honoring their dead yes. people.
0: I mean, it, Oh, it, yeah. It's Todos Santos in Mexico is the Day of the Dead, the celebration of the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, right. All, and pr- primarily because, see, that what they didn't understand, it really wasn't mom or dad or Uncle Joe who was coming back haunting them. But the guilt, just think about some type of family relationships. Obviously, many of them are dysfunctional, right? Um, they're not happy. We've been going in that direction for a long time. Uh, you know, I don't know if I've ever met a totally functional family before, not even mine, right? So, so here now somebody dies that maybe you didn't have a good relationship with, died in anger. You had a fight before they died, whatever the case may be. Now you're wondering, uh, okay, are they going to be bothering me now that they're on that side? And if they are on that side, how do I fight with them? How do I protect myself against their anger? So it was, oh, we have a celebration. We have a party. Um, there's even a Disney movie, um, Coco, fabulous movie about the, their, their culture, uh, Mexican culture, about Todos Santos and, and the Day of the Dead. And it was always about you've got to honor your family. Keep honoring them, honoring them, um, honoring them. Number one, it helps them to move on. And number two, it keeps them from coming back and bugging the crap out of you. <laughs> you know. So that's what it was all about, that superstition, what they didn't realize. It's not, once you get to the other side, there's all of this loving support there isn't the same judgmentalness that is here. There isn't the same kinds of angers and resentments that's here. You're being comforted. You're being attended to. That's what forms resentments and angers to start with is the lack of attention, the lack of love. So once you get to the other side, you're being engulfed with all of this love so you can begin to release your angers. Now, there's still stuff to work through, you know, your own regrets, your own – You know, self denigrations that you have to change, right? But it is not them that come back and haunt us or bother us. It's those that are stuck here, it's the ghosts that's what we commonly known as a ghost okay Um, and that's actually more of an american and some other cultures terms over in the UK any mediums over there they do not refer to ghosts they do not believe in ghosts they believe everybody dies that goes into one dimension and they they don't take it further that's that's the beginning of time understanding but it's not the understanding as you grow and evolve a little bit more there are many dimensions and the earthly plane has several dimensions. That's why we say we're in the third dimension here right now. We're living in a third dimension, 3D. Not only do we see things, but they're not flat. We can feel them. We can touch them. We can smell them, all of that. We can taste them. That's what a 3D world is about. Now, the, there are other dimensions that are still tied to the earthly plane. We don't know the exact number. It could be four, five, six, seven. Right? And then when you get to 8, 9, 10, or 11, you're already in the heavenly dimensions. All right. Now, that tunnel of light, that light that all the near-death experience people have described is actually the express train. It's the express train, and if anybody comes from New York or ever visited New York or ever has been on a train before, you know that there is a local train that makes all the local stops, and you're lucky to get on the express train that's so much shorter, and it goes from here to there in one stop. Well, that tunnel of light is that train, and for the most part, when you are passing, even before you actually pass, that train is waiting there for you. That light is waiting there for you. And usually in the light is someone you know, you love, who is also crossed on. Because they know the minute you leave your body, you're going to be in shock. You're going to be acclimating to the, to the fact that you no longer have a body. So they're there to comfort you and guide you into the light. Come on the train. And now we're going to go directly to the heavenly dimensions. We're not stopping in any of the other locals on earth. But if you've had a tragic passing, if you are a negative person to start with, if you've been an abusive person, a hateful person, whatever the case may be, you can actually avoid or be fearful of going on that train, of going through the light because you think you're going to hell. You see, that was the biggest mistake of us teaching the concept of hell to start with. That was wrong. Because as a hospice social worker, and I dealt with 500 patients, that you said, during their passing, 90% of them were fearful that they were going to go to hell. They, I live in the Bible Belt here in Raleigh, North Carolina, and they were all supposed Christians. But for the most part, the majority of them couldn't even believe they were good enough to get to heaven. And that's what was scaring them about dying, that they were going to go to hell. What a horrible concept to teach people to be that fearful. So yes, so now you die, you see the light, you've been bad. I'm not going there. That's taking me to hell. And so you avoid it. Okay, now you no longer have a body. But you're stuck here in the earthly dimensions. That's so funny because I just had – I did a radio show, and we were talking about this exact thing, and a listener wrote me. A listener just recently wrote me and said, you're wrong about not being able to get through that light because I said the only way now – that you can get the light to you to go through is for us here in the living to pray for you to pray for the light to invoke the light to come down for you because you no longer have a direct communication to the other side you had that more here than you do in the in the stuck planes you're already fearful negative and and depending upon how long you've been stuck here you know resentful that and that's what demons become it very angry, stuck ghosts. That's what demons are. There's, there's no such thing as a devil or any type of animal other than us becoming extremely angry. And so you're, you're not going to be the one that calls upon the light. We have to do that for you. I've gone around to haunted places, and I have done that for those spirits, but I've had to first convince them that it was okay for them to move on, that their, their loved ones are all on the other side, right. that they can leave this life. Right. And so right. I was praying for of them. It. Exactly. Well, this listener said you're wrong. You can get through the light if you go to the hospital, hang around there and wait for somebody else to die. And when the light comes to him, you can jump into it with, with them. And I'm like, that's the most ridiculous idea that you can have. That's like saying if you're in Manhattan and somebody catches a taxi that, and they're going to pay for it, that you can jump in and hitch a ride just because it's going in the same direction you're going in. It doesn't work that way. You'd be kicked out immediately. Plus, lights are very personal. Like I said, your loved ones are there. So some stranger is not going to go into somebody else's light. And go with them. Hey, can I take along with you? But so, both of you would be freaked out to start with. I just thought it was really funny, Cindy, and I don't mean to, to, to occupy yeah. the time talking about that. But <laughs> people need to understand what's going on here and, and what is really getting to affect us possibly negatively. And especially during this coronavirus stuff that's been going on, there's been a lot of active not only – our loved ones trying to help us, and the veil is very thin between this dimension and the heavenly dimension, but also the negative spirit world, the, the, those that are ghosts, oh, they're enjoying what's going on, a majority of them, and they're exacerbating things. And we have to understand that negativity hovers, and it can affect us.
1: So, you know, it's, it's interesting. After 9-11, they did a satellite uh, view of planet Earth. And there was light, like huge light everywhere, like light. Like it looked like, you know, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but you would just see it. And, and they were like, initially, what in the world is this? And it was all the people on earth praying for all those holes that left. so That's suddenly.
0: right. Oh, my God. I can't believe you brought that up. And you, you do know that how fabulous that's how they bring that and incorporate that into the concept of heart math. If people learn yep, about HeartMath, exactly. go to right HeartMath.com. Right. Yep. Yes, there is a satellite circling the Earth that measures the po- – it can only measure the positive energy. It's measuring the positive energy, and you're absolutely right. Right at 9-11, it spiked the most, which shows right. the influence that we have over the Earth's energy, right. which is so important yeah, to I understand. Would- I'm I mean, sorry, I, I was
1: a nurse for many, no, 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 it's okay. I was a nurse for many, many years and wrote my first paper on uh, hospice in the early 1970s. And, you know, you're not allowed to ask my age, but at any rate, okay. <laughs> I was fascinated by it because, you know, it originated in France and France was like, why do, why do our family members have to die in a hospital? Like, no, right. we're going to right. make the home like where it's comfortable, et cetera. I've always been intrigued by it. And I I have studied with Countless people have read so much on it. And, um, and also my mother was in hospice, you know, before she crossed. And so, you know, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful way um, to segue between dropping the body and moving to the next dimension. And, you know, in, in our country, you know, there's so many things. Like, we don't talk about religion. We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about death. We don't, you know. And it's all changing, I think. And with hospice, that has helped Americans embrace more of a... Uh, being able to talk about like this this last uh, part of a person's life and um, and you know other okay so this is the other thing I want to bring in. When I was in Chinatown one time in San Francisco. Um, this is probably 25 years ago, and I, I there was this parade. I thought it was a parade, but at any rate, I was like, "What's the parade about?" So they had these like people dressed in white, and they had bands playing like you know music and. You know, all of this happy, happy, and it was a funeral procession. Right. It was
0: Right, because other cultures know how to celebrate it. Now, I'm going to share with you in my studying of death, dying, and bereavement, and Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who was a psychologist who pioneered that and helped to bring hospice here in the United States, why that is a problem here in the United States. As wonderful as the philosophy of capitalism is for democracy, it's bad for some of the spiritual understanding and beliefs because capitalism is all about what you can create here and not that you can take it with you. And so nobody wants to talk about what they're going to lose. Nobody wants to talk about what they're going to leave. They only want to talk about what they can gain. And that, unfortunately, is what a capitalistic concept can uh, – in, in, in ingrained in somebody is that fear I don't want to talk can't we go don't talk about losing anything don't talk about leaving on that's so that's so morbid we can't talk about that we ought to talk about what you can do right now what all the money that you can make now all the fun that you can have now all the things that you can do now this is like no 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 we're not talking about you know leaving that or losing that you don't have to let go of that understanding and and enjoy while you're here but that doesn't negate that we are going to be leaving. And, right. and so nobody wants to talk about it. And my wife and I, we are at that age, and we've had too many experiences with families and friends who have lost their parents and were just stranded and didn't know what to do. There were no plans made. There was nothing made. Well, my wife and I finally made funeral arrangements. And we even chose, I mean, we picked out a place Uh, that that they're going to take care of us. We even chose how we're going to go. It's so funny. We want to both be cremated. Um, We looked. Get this. We went to Amazon to pick out our urns. They were so much cheaper there. Anybody who wants to get cremated, go to Amazon because the urns are cheaper there than if you get them at the funeral home. (laughs) It's true. Uh, true. It is. It is. So we got them, and we got temporary ones because we want to be spread. Like, uh, we want our family to take the money that they, they make from our insurance policy and go together, go on some cruise, go on some vacation, go on some celebration, and wherever you go, you can spread us there, you know, together. That's fine. I also said, um, do me a favor, hon, and bring me over to Broadway and scatter my ashes on Broadway so I can say I finally made it to Broadway, because I, I was a professional actor and always wanted to do a Broadway show. So I said, well, if I can't oh, do it physically, funny. at least put me and my daughter was like which theater do you want to be spread in front of dad i said the biggest one with the best musical going on at the time okay <laughs> so,
1: but see, but so we see, did that but you, you, they had
0: no. <laughs> they had such a hard time hearing that it was like oh my god this is so morbid i said no no we're planning it out for you guys. you know of course i know we don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen tomorrow now now as a psychic i don't get that information i don't get to hear when i'm going to pass you know because life. that would take away right. too much of the rest of life and the mystery and my free choice.
1: But no, we don't you know, talk about it, it here. It, right, and, and I, it's just funny. I just had this conversation with my um, eldest son and my youngest son, <laughs> and, and, uh. and I'm just like, "This is." And they're like, "Why are you talking about this?" I said, "Because it needs to be talked about." And it's like, "I'm just telling you, this is what I've arranged." And and they were just like, "Oh my goodness!" But then. I know they thought about it. But I wanted to say this friend of mine is a, uh, she just retired, but she's an international flight attendant. And when her father died, she carried his ashes with her all over the world because she was flying all over. And she's like, okay, I'm leaving a little bit of dad in Switzerland. Today, uh, and then she'd take a picture and she, she'd send it to the people who understood, you know? And yes, that's
0: fabulous. Ass,
1: right, I've heard, heard that before from today, somebody
0: else. And, Yes, um, yes. Yeah. they weren't a flight attendant, they had a camper and they were traveling the country and she brought her father with her everywhere because he always wanted to see um, the United States everywhere. So she would bring him and then put some ashes in every single place that she visited. Isn't that great? That's a great oh, understanding. Oh, absolutely. And a great, yes, yes. And you know what? Here's the funny thing about this, Cindy. This isn't morbid and it's not talking about worrying about the future. You live a better present when you can incorporate that part of your life. Death is part of living. Death allows life to happen. And if you don't believe that, look at the earth. The only reason why we have as many trees here is because others died and became part of the soil. Something else died, be it the animals that fed the ground, that fed the trees. It, it, it's what procures new life. As a matter of fact, there is a documentary, and I'm going to say that the title wrong, um, Death Makes Life Possible. It's something like that. It's a fabulous documentary, and it talks all about that. And if we understand that, and if we also understood the concept that there is an afterlife, there'd be less people trying to take away your life here. Because, you see, that's another thing that capitalism, as well as some of the other cultures, believe, that you can take something away, that you can take a person's life. Oh, you may take their physical life, but you can never take their soul. Their soul goes on forever. You're actually doing them partial favor because they're going to be happy, and they're not going to live in a world of pain, and things are going to be better. Okay, you think, you think. You're hurting them in some way, if... There are so many things that we would be avoiding if we were able to accept some of these other concepts about spirituality and about life after death, Uh, even about ghosts, even about, you know, whatever. Look at the movie Ghost. That was a fabulous concept that, see what happens, you go to kill somebody and he winds up coming back and haunting you and you die yourself a horrible death. Uh, It's just like right so if you if you went as far as believing that you'd never want to hurt somebody else oh
1: absolutely absolutely so i have a question okay um many times after someone has died all of a sudden you'll see a person that looks just like that person who died okay and you're like what like it happened a lot after my brother my brother committed suicide and um, and it would be just random though i'd be like driving in a car and look next to like to, at the car next door there'd be someone that looked just like him and this happened the the other day I was uh leaving I'm you know, doing some physical therapy and I was leaving the um actually at a doctor's office building and I was leaving and right in front of me you know I saw only saw the back of this person but it looked just like my former father-in-law and I'm like oh my gosh like Jacob you're here and I knew he was here I mean I knew that it wasn't random that I just saw this person, I was like, wow, because there's been um, some hardship this week in uh, my son's life. Two of his very dear friends overdosed. And it mm. was like, they were both, like, they were both former football players, very, you know, they were they were doing okay. It was just a, it was an accident. It was just an accident. Right. And yet, I, but I knew that my my son's grandfather was helping and I'm like, okay, Jacob. I'm glad you're here. Help my son Noah, please. And it's kind, of, but isn't that weird when it's like a different way that they, that okay. they talk? Now I'm going to
0: share some some information with you that may be surprising to you. I'm going to tell you exactly why that is happening. There are different types of mediums, okay, people who can make connections with the other side there is a group of mediums who are called physical mediums, and not every medium can be a physical medium. What a physical medium is, and and, a matter of fact, our concept of mediums really is based on the physical medium, those seances where you see the mediums making tambourines tap, the tables shake, apparitions appear, Mm -hmm. Okay, even though the majority of them were charlatans, They picked it from the understanding that you can have physical mediumship, but it's completely dependent upon the medium. We have part of our energy, which is called ectoplasm, and each soul, each person has a different amount of that. A person who has a large amount of ectoplasm Spirits are able to use in order to appear in some way, in order to manifest a movement of something. No spirit can do that alone. They need to use a catalyst. They need to use someone who has this energy that they can manipulate to make something appear. Okay. They were visiting you, but because of your energy, it wasn't another person who looked like them. It could have been anybody who was around you at the time. They were using your energy to make their appearance semi-appear as best as possible. It was them you were looking at, but it was because of you they were able to do that.
1: Well, I am a medium. You probably know that. If
0: there you uh, go. Anything. No, but you, it, have fit, well, you have that ectoplasm, Cindy. That's
1: interesting. It wasn't well, that hear, a like stranger
0: just came up. That was your son. Yeah. That was your son using another human. And it couldn't totally maybe turn into your son totally, but was very familiar because he did superimpose his, characteristics on that person through your energy and it happens all the time yeah
1: (laughs) yeah your brother but um your brother your brother i know that it's yeah yeah that's okay but i know it just makes total sense Vincent. i mean i never really under i never heard it explained this way but it makes sense like i can you know in some you know, sometimes I'll hear the voices. I'll see the person. I can describe them. You know how this all works. But, mm-hmm. but, but for those that are listening, um, mediumship comes in different ways. And, um, but I knew, I knew when I saw this man. I'm like, oh my God, Jacob's watching over all this. And when, when my son was very little, there was this. It went on for about a, a two month period. It was just very odd. I would be, and my husband uh, would be in the living room and there was a noise upstairs and there was just the baby sleeping up there. There was no one else, like even in the house. And it would be like, I'm like, what in the world? So the first time I just like, we went upstairs, there was nothing. Okay. But then it happened like two or three other times. And I, and this was before I really knew I was a medium and uh, was, you know, 20, something years ago. And so I asked someone because at that time I was doing psychic readings in a place. And I described this, and she was a medium. She goes, "Oh, his grandfathers are both watching over him, and they're bumping into each other." Because I heard the name, I heard, I, and I'm like, "Is this is this my father, David, or is this, you know, his uncle? Like, who's watching over him?" And the next thing, you know, it made sense. These yeah. two things bumping into each other, everything. like, you know, luckily I wasn't afraid of it because I, I checked it, and it's like, "Oh, this is good." They're just totally like. Fascinated by this little child <laughs> oh know? yeah and and
0: it's... they're also letting you know i would I would say that they intentionally made a noise. To let to you let know, know because, because they wouldn't do that if they didn't know you would eventually go there. They wouldn't try to scare you, and when we do hear those bumps and those noises, and they're coming from our spirit guides, it's an attempt to wake us up or get us curious, because they know the direction we're supposed to go in. They, your brother, they, they knew once they got to the other side, oh, okay, Cindy's supposed to be a medium. She's going to be doing this work. Well, well, let's kind of help her out. First of all, let's watch over the kids and everybody. But let's, you know, we don't want to scare her terribly, but let's let her know that she should be investigating this more. And And that's what they do to try to wake us up. Before any of this happened to me, We moved into a home. I was 28 years old. We were going for, I was an actor in California. We moved back to New York. We had our son who was two and a half years old. And we were renting a home. And in that home, we were experiencing spirits, noises, noises in the kitchen, but only when we go to bed. It got so bad. My wife and I would joke as we're laying in bed. We hear the noise in the kitchen rattling the pans. And I'm like, while you're in there, could you please do the dishes at least? You know? (laughs) And so we'd make a joke out of it. And then I wind up becoming – it was a good guide. I had somebody come to the house, and this is where the awakening started happening for me. And I had somebody come to the house, and they, the, the moment they stepped in, they said, Oh, my gosh, in the kitchen here you have an Indian spirit who is watching over you, and apparently she's trying to let you know she's here. What does she do? I said, Oh, oh my God, I cannot believe you said that just now. She's banging the pots and pans while we're just going to sleep. She said, yeah, she just wants you to know that she's here. And the whole thing made sense after this all happened to me. It was all during the same couple of month period um, that this all began to happen. And that's what they do to get you curious, to get you on the path, to get you to start seeking and searching out. Now, it doesn't happen for everybody you know, some other some people run the other way, but yeah, they were getting you to where you were going, and they knew you were supposed to go there, and so and and you did. You made the right choices, and you did. Now you understand it all. Um, so, not all those bumps and those those you know those things that go bump in the night are negative things. Yes. Now, at 3 o'clock in the morning, if you're being shaken up out of bed and you feel somebody grabbing your feet, I'm sorry, that is not an angel. Do you know that there is a group out there, and I think it's a, you can go on Facebook and find the group, that believe that their angels are communicating with them at 3 o'clock in the morning because they wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning all the time, every day, and because they're into spirituality, they now have... Um, created the belief that it's angels waking them up at 3 o'clock in the morning to give them messages. And as a psychotherapist as well as a psychic, I'm telling you right now, if you're waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning, it is not your angels. It's your anxiety that you are not dealing with that's waking you up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Angels know you need sleep. Give me a break. You know, they're the first ones to know what we need. They're not going to disturb you, haunt you, scare you, They come lovingly, they come unintrusively, you know, to let you know, to to maybe touch you on the shoulder, make a little noise, um, whatever. But they are not going to do anything that hurts you, harms you, or, or scares you in any way. So, but ghosts can, they will, you will never see a positive spirit as a dark shadow, okay? They will never do that. Because they know darkness scares people. So why would an angel come in a dark outfit in a dark way? That is going to be, that's what our light is. Our light, our dark, you know, if when you're an energy and you're deceased, your energy is strong or it's weak. And, and that's your soul. And you have to grow it to become stronger. And you've got, and so that your energy expands and your light expands. So if you see light, coming through you or light at the end of the hallway um, or pass by you. That's one of your angels. That's a, a loved one, but a positive one that is trying to help you in some way. You see darkness, you need to get it out of there and not play with it either. Oh, my gosh. So many people are curious, Cindy. I don't know, you know, some of the clients or people that you've dealt with, but there are too many curious people that are getting themselves in trouble that I'm trying to help. I'm sure you've come across oh, yes. that, too. Oh,
1: yes. Oh, yes. I had a, a client who asked me to do a clearing because she knew that she that her business was being visited. And, you know, and I saw the woman. I, you know, oftentimes I'll, I'll see them. They'll be in a different period, you know, depending on what time period. Like,
0: you right, can kind right. of look at
1: their clothes and different things. But long story short, this lady was so fascinated that she put cameras everywhere. And the first thing she did in the morning, she didn't come in and turn all the lights on. She went to her, uh, her monitor and looked at all the different times in the middle of the night that this light, white orb was running around in her, in her place. And I said, you are, you are calling her in. You're not letting her go because you were so like, you can't wait to see if she was there. And I said, how in the world do you expect her to move on? If you're, you know, if you're just like constantly calling That's right. her in. And, right. and, you know, and then, and then she kind of looked at me and I said, your assignment is do not look at that for seven days and see what your life looks like. You know, like, because she was just, she, it was distracting her so much that that was like her mind was on it. And, you know, she's calling in right. you, you know, in a different way. Oh, different totally. Way. But, oh,
0: I'm so yeah. glad you brought that up about the, the light orb because of what I just said. I want to just clarify something. When you're looking at a picture or a video and the object or the orb is light, that is not the color of its energy. That is the light of the camera reflecting, or or outside light reflecting off of the orb that's coming in as white. But lost souls do not have a white light to them, but any other light in the physical world can reflect off of their energy and come back into the camera as white, So I just want to make sure that people understand that. If you're seeing it with your naked eye as a white orb, that's different. If you're looking at it through a camera or a video and it's coming across white, that doesn't mean it's a
1: positive spirit. Well, when I was in Egypt, uh, Temple of Isis, I have a photo. Wow. Somewhere, I, Oh, listen, and I mean, and I channeled ISIS when I was there, and I was like, whoa. Oh, my gosh. And I, I know, it was like beyond phenomenal, but the picture, it was like an, uh, an amphitheater type thing, and you could see so many orbs, but they moved that temple. They moved the temple of ISIS from somewhere else and brought the temple onto an island because – it just had so much traffic they were afraid it was going to you know like just be ruined almost and so they put it there so the only way to get to that temple is to go by boat and um but it's like it is if egypt is to me is fascinating and the fact that you know the hathers were so amazingly telepathic and i mean they they could just beam things they didn't even have to use words you know they were just so mentally telepathic and um i don't know so and and then you know just even the medical instruments. One of the one of the ruins, like you looked on a wall, and having been a nurse, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's this, that's that, that's forceps. That you know they had they had little pacifiers that were made out of clay that looked just like the the nukes that babies you know still suck on today, and you know that we have that so with that shape of the mouth. amazing, knew, right? I, 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 isn't it? I mean, it's like what? And then there is this one what? ruin where. Uh the, the person, yeah, I don't know, I guess because I was the featured psychic on the trip, you know, I got extra perks. And so this uh, one guy said, come here, I want to show you something. So we went way in the back. And, you know, no one's back there hardly. But you look up, and there is high, you know, this really high ceiling. You saw a submarine, a helicopter. And uh, and, and he said they came by air, they came by water, they came by land. Oh, right. Absolutely. I and and
0: the amazing part of that Cindy is the Egyptians were the first of civilized people to accept and believe in the extraterrestrials and that's how they had a relationship and that's how they learned so much learned so much about math and um and and leverage and and that's why the pharaoh felt like a god because this this being from the heavens that they didn't understand right would come down and communicate with this person the leader and that made the pharaoh feel connected directly to god and then when they called it whatever they wanted to um uh, and they made statues but but it's so funny the statues of their gods are unlike the drawings that they have in, in the hieroglyphics of, this, of the extraterrestrials. They're completely different. So they, they changed the, the vision of them, the visual of them, to make them look like something else. But, yes, they had that communication with them. So that's why they were so advanced. They knew so much. I mean, even the, the concept of a pyramid itself that, that held energy. Mm-hmm. Right. The one thing right. that they didn't I mean, get is, from the extraterrestrials oh, – I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. You uh, go ahead. No,
1: right, no, right. Go, is, go. Is,
0: it, they knew that there was an afterlife, but they thought their body went with it, which is the reason why they mummified um, the pharaoh and, and, and important people because they thought that they had to preserve the body because the body was going to go with it. They knew of the afterlife. So they were they were like, Oh, I can take my gold, I can take my wife, I can take anything I want with me to the afterlife. So oh we're gonna preserve this all and they said build a pyramid and that preserves everything. So they misunderstood. There were a bunch of kids getting new information and they just misinterpreted
1: it. That's all. Right, right. Oh my goodness, Vincent, we could talk forever, there's so much. Um and, and we do have people that want readings, so but just a couple things because and you've already mentioned it, but Tuning into your psychic gifts for anyone on, um, you know, listening. And remember, the minute this show is over, it is a podcast. So you can share this with your friends, family, et cetera. It's, you know, it's the, the same link that, you know, got you here to the show today. Um, meditation, meditation, meditation. Anything else you want to add to to quiet the mind and, and. Start listening Quiet the mind.
0: Time. If you want to tune into your intuition or your psychic ability, it's the exact same thing. One, you need to believe that you're more than. You need to believe in metaphysics. Metaphysics means more than the physical other than the physical. So you have to know you're more than this body. You are a spiritual being with a soul, with energy, and that soul and energy is connected to everything else, including other dimensions that holds information, that hold knowledge. So you have to have a greater belief in yourself. That is the primary foundation to being able to tap in. Then, you have to Clear Your Channels, Part 2. Clear Your Channel. Your channel lies within your heart. That's where it's located. If we're going to put a place, it's why we feel love in our hearts. We feel um, disappointment in our hearts. We feel heartache, sadness in our hearts because that's basically energetically... Where our channel is that connects us to each other, to our higher source, to our soul's mind. If it's bogged down with all negativity, with experiences from your past, with, with fear, with doubt, with anger, that channel is closed. You must open up the channel by opening up your heart. Everything positive that you believe in opens your heart. Everything negative you experience and allow yourself to think and believe closes your heart. That's step two. And step three honor your inner voice. Honor. What you hear in your mind, your mind's ear, honor what you see in your mind's eye. We all have an external set of ears to hear what's going in the physical world. We have internal ears to hear what's going on internally, like your thoughts. You can hear them. You can think to yourself, matter of fact, that's what you're doing right now while I'm talking. You're listening to me, but you're also thinking at the same time and hearing your own voice at the same time. We're capable of doing that because we have two sets of ears. And you have two sets of eyes as well. You have your external eyes to see what's going on in the physical world. And you have your internal third or mind's eye, whatever you want to call it. You need to honor what comes to them. The more you speak, the more you acknowledge the information, the the messages, the words, the feelings, the visions, the stronger they become for you. So if you ask a question... And all of a sudden you hear, yes, no, go down this street, don't go there, do this, honor it. Even if it's a mistake, at least you're only being misguided by your own words versus somebody else's words. But the more you listen to your words, the stronger they become because you bypass your conscious mind and you're tuning in to the mind that can never be wrong, your internal mind, your soul's mind. That is never wrong. Your intuition is never, ever wrong. It's only when you get your left brain thinking involved with it that it can, you can make a mistake, that you can talk yourself out of something that's important. For example, you brought up earlier during the show about 9-11. Well, that same morning, there were people who turned around and said, you know what? My kids have been taking the school bus to school um, all year long. I want to drive them to school today. I want to spend a little bit more time with them. I'll go to work late. Oh, you know what? I'm going to do my errands um, at the beginning of the day. That way I don't have to leave work early. I'll just go into work a little bit later. You know what? I'm taking a personal me day today. I haven't taken off for a year. I'm going to stay home today. That was their Thanks. intuition communicating with them, and they honored it. Now, I don't know how many other people got those messages on the morning of 9-11. There may have been many. There may have been some that talked themselves out of it. Whatever the case may be, there were definitely those who listened to their intuition, and they weren't there when the plane crashed into the building, right. and they survived. Let
1: me, tell you, yeah, let me tell you a story on this. Okay, so my friend oh, go Terry ahead. is a shaman from, a shaman from Australia. And she was in New York, and, um, and I know the, you know, the building where she was staying because I've stayed there. You know, our friends uh, owned a, 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 an apartment, and we would rent it when we were in New York. So I know it. That morning, she was supposed to play the didgeridoo for a fashion show in downtown um, Manhattan. You know, I mean, it was, it was a big deal, a big opportunity for her, you know, et cetera. So that morning, she's getting ready, and she, keeps, she hears, do your laundry. And she's like, what? I can't do my laundry. I've got to be downtown and set up and ready, you know, the, the, the deals, the chatter. And then she just heard it again, do your laundry. She's like, oh, wow, spirit's really loud today. Like, okay, so she did her query. Am I sabotaging myself? Am I this, this, this? And she's like, let to do my laundry. So she goes to the basement of this building, the high rise, and the security guys there are like, I don't know, something over at the trade center. something big. I, I'm not sure. She goes back up to this apartment. She turns on the TV. One plane's already gone through the tower, right? Mm. And, aha, wait a minute. And then, and, and, and then this plane goes by her window, and she sees all these people's faces. I'm not kidding. That's how low the plane was, and she was right there at that moment, and it went through the second tower. Oh, and my her God. Goes, but it gets better. She's like, okay oh my God, I have to get my shamanic drum. I have to pray for, and so she's got her drum in, in one hand and she's got this glass of orange juice in the other. And she's like, I have to pray for all of these souls that departed. <sighs> so suddenly, and then uh, uh, Then she's like, oh no, I have to pray for their loved ones back here. So she went to that world and came back and at that exact moment, the drum split in half and the orange juice, of the glass at the bottom sheared off, just exploded. Wow. And Carrie, Carrie was like, you know, our our mutual friends called and they're like, Cindy, you got to call Carrie. She will not stop working with the firemen. She's down there. She's like, I'm like, look, she's divinely protected. You have to understand that it's okay. She's doing what she needs to do. But they're like, no, she's going to harm her lungs and I don't know. So I, you know, we, she did get some injuries from it, but of course she healed it because you know she was there with good intentions and you know. But that's that's her world. And she was in India one time and was uh, going to the Kumbh Maya Divine Mother Festival. And someone said, have you ever been to such and such? And she's like, no. And she was there with her girlfriend. And uh, they're like, well, you know, it's only 10, 10 to 15 miles back that way. You're so close. You ought to go there and then go to the festival. She, so she listened. She goes, this is not an accident. So she went there. Had she gone forward, there was an earthquake that happened. I mean, it's like wow. you have to listen. I mean, it, and I, you I'm do. Yes, yes it's, it's it's
0: like I always tell this story. I know a person who um, was getting ready to go to a party. It was being held at a um, a bar, you know, a very simple bar and grill. And, um, and she was getting ready. And so during the entire time she was getting ready, she just kept hearing that she should be doing something else. Go, you, you should be going over to a friend's. Why don't you call your friend and, and go to her house instead? And, um, and she just kept ignoring it and ignoring it and ignoring it. And she got ready for the party, and she went to the party. And while she's at the party, she was getting the feeling that she should leave just out of nowhere, just like I should, you know, maybe I should leave. And she kept talking herself, no, that's silly, I'm being paranoid, this is ridiculous. And of course, what happens, in a couple of hours into the party, some guys get drunk, they get into a fight, and one of them lands on her table, the table collapses, hit her leg, she breaks her leg. And then walks wow. out of the, bar, of the party going, why is this stuff always happening to me? I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It wouldn't happen to you if you listened. Listen. We don't listen. Yeah, we don't listen to each other (laughs) while we're communicating with each other, no less listen to our own communication. I have a whole book and and workshop based on that. It's called God, It's Not Working and Stop Stomping Yourself and Become Unstoppable. People can go to my website and, and they can download them. And it's all about how we don't trust what's coming up from the deep recesses of our mind, because what's also harbored down there are those maladaptive beliefs about ourselves. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not deserving. And so as we became adults, we created a new set of beliefs to shield us and protect us from those negative ones. But unfortunately, the soul's mind resides all the way down into that deep recess as well, So even though it may be sending up some positive message or guidance, we don't trust it either way because those other messages are there, the negative ones. So we avoid them or talk ourselves out of both of them. That's the reason why we have to clear up the negative self feelings that are deep down there so we can hear clearly what our soul is trying and what the other side is trying to guide us to do. Everybody prays to God, but it's a one-way connection Because you've got the channel blocked for its return response. Nobody hears back from God. I always ask my clients, I know you're praying. Archangel Michael tells me you're praying all the time. But it's a one-way conversation. You don't expect to hear back from them, do you? Well, no. Well, then why are you praying? Why are you talking with them? If you don't expect to hear back, if you don't expect that they want to answer you, why on earth are you speaking to them to start with just to be heard? You No, you're speaking to the air because you truly don't believe it's landing on any ears. And I can tell you right now, the entire universe on the other side and the other dimensions hears every single word and prayer and request you are saying. The problem is you are not hearing the return responses. And that's what we have to clear up, because if we did, we would be acting in a completely different way than we are
1: acting right now. Amen. Okay. Right. This show is going to go off in 30 seconds. So, you've been listening to Vincent Jenna, Vincent dot com, and this I cannot thank you enough. You're going to come oh back on. I this is listen, thank you, thank you from my heart to your heart. And Absolutely, Cindy, thank listeners, you. replay this. Replay this. There's a lot of information <laughs> in this hour we just spent together. So, it's not an accident that we were all here together. You know, Synchro Destiny is the name of the game right now. Pay attention to who you're being drawn to. Pay attention to who you're working with. Pay attention to what you're hearing and listening. And, Vincent, thank you. Thank you. All right. Oh, thank you from my soul oh, to yours, oh. too. Absolutely. Okay. So, listeners, um, remember the podcast. Remember to sign up for the email newsletter. Then you'll know about the different radio shows and the guests and all the different classes being offered in totally different ways. We're all teaching in different ways now. And um, so there's no reason to not spiritually grow. All of this is available. And um, so namaste to everyone. Have a fabulous day, fabulous week. Stay positive and change your energy field. Just, just whatever you need to do to get, get into that different vibration. All right. So thank you so much. Have a beautiful day, Vincent. Truly, thank you. Okay. You All right. too.
0: Thank you. All right. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much